Welcome to Nassau Community College Forum. This program explores our rich educational environment, including our dedicated faculty, administration, student clubs, and more than 70 fields of study, along with the students who make this college the largest single campus community college in the state and is the first choice for one of every four college-bound high school graduates in Nassau County. Hello and welcome. I'm Kevin Boston Hill. Welcome to Nassau Community College Forum, where each week we will shine a spotlight on a different department, club, or area here at Nassau Community College. Today, we will explore the Office of Academic Advisement. Our guest today is Professor Amanda Fox. Welcome to NCC Forum. Thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great. So, you know, before we get into what academic advisement does and is, let's tell the listeners a little bit about you. So what what is it that brought you to Nassau Community College? This is an excellent question. So first, I'm proud to say that uh, I am a Nassau Community College graduate. So that's one of the things I think I'm most proud of. And, um, you know, after completing my education, my higher education, I was very fortunate to be able to come back here to where I started Mm -hmm. to provide a service that I feel is extremely valuable and uh, very important for our student population. Excellent, excellent. So a, a homegrown person That's comes back to give back to the That's community. That's correct. That's excellent. Correct. So l- let me ask you this. Um, what is the difference, or is there a difference between the Office of Academic Advisement and, say, my high school guidance department? That is an excellent question. Yes, there is a difference. I think the goal is the same is to try to help students understand their purpose for being here, understand their curriculum choices, mm-hmm. to help them make decisions about coursework and which direction to move in. I think the biggest difference, though, is that once they get here, they're adults. Yes. We treat them as such. And the intrusive nature of a guidance counselor, which would perhaps call your home if you're not doing well, mm-hmm. um, you know, be looking for you in the hallway, like, hey, how's it going? We are we are taking a different approach here. And of course, we are always available as a resource to students, but that we are not going to seek out the student to have that relationship or dialogue. Mm -hmm. We expect that the student come for us. And we always make ourselves available to our particular student population, but it's not that same intrusive nature Mm -hmm. where we're not tracking you down if, you know, (laughs) somebody told us you didn't come to class or, you know, you didn't do well in an exam or a test. There's no mechanism for professors to communicate with us in that way. Okay, and so therefore, how would students be able to seek you out okay, if, you so got, if they need to That's help? a great question. So our service is primarily for students who are liberal arts majors. Okay. And essentially what that means is a large number of our students come into the college without really being certain as to what major they like to pursue. And that is quite normal. Right. Uh, you know, a young person doesn't always know what direction they like to move in. So our office is tasked with advising those liberal arts majors and also students who are truly undecided, who mm-hmm. don't have an idea of what it is they'd like to pursue. Anybody who has made a decision about a major or career choice would be advised by their academic department of choice. Okay. So we are available on a walk-in basis. Uh, we're located in the Student Services Center, which is our brand new, beautiful facility. We've been in about two years now. And we are housed with a number of other enrollment services. Students can come see us on a walk-in basis anytime we're open. Okay, so it's kind of like a one-stop shop when they come down. In a sense, yes. For enrollment services, uh, anything that needs to be completed in order to satisfy your enrollment requirements Mm -hmm. are all under one roof, which has been really wonderful for our students. Great, great. So what kind of, I know you say that it's open to your liberal arts students, Mm -hmm. but 
if I come, I'm coming into school and I think of myself as a pretty good student and I think I don't need any help doing anything. Ah. So what is the, (laughs) or is there such thing as a typical profile of student who would be ripe for academic advisement? I think that the message we try to communicate to every student is that academic advisement is really important. Uh, you, You may be really smart and have not needed that much support in high school and really able to make your own choices. However, it's a new environment. It's a new experience. It's a new location. It's a program that you're maybe not familiar with. Mm. Students need to understand what courses they should be registering for. And that's pretty much the nuts and bolts of what we are doing in that initial visit. Got it. Uh, you know, taking their interests to consideration, you know, their work schedules, their lives. A lot of our students are working students, their parents, they're caring for parents. So there isn't really a typical student that we're going to see on a daily basis. Everybody is so different. And I think that's what makes my job really enjoyable is that I get to, you know, experience a lot of different types of scenarios. Excellent. Excellent. I, I, I like that. <laughs> so would, um, would a, an advisor, if I come in to, uh, to seek out the advice from an advisor or the help from an advisor, mm-hmm. is that person going to tell me what courses I need to take or kind of just suggest courses and how, how does that relationship That's work? That's also an excellent question. So we really see advisement as a partnership. Okay. It's a dialogue and a relationship. And although we don't have caseloads, meaning that there are not students who are assigned specifically to me, mm-hmm. we see students on walk-in. They're welcome to request the same person again if they develop okay. a connection, which is an option. But really, we see it as a relationship in the sense that we are providing information about options. Got it. And the student is taking our advice and trying to make the best decision for them based mm-hmm. upon the information we've presented to them. So we don't ever tell anybody they have to do anything. We can strongly suggest <laughs> exactly. or recommend, you know, and there are certain policies of the college that every student has to follow, and we make that clear. But as far as course options, there's so many. Mm. So we try to just be, you know, a, a sharer of information and a resource for students. Okay, okay. And I guess... Even though, again, is just for or primarily for the liberal arts students, mm-hmm. um, is there a, a way for if I'm not a liberal arts major and I come in and I, I'm looking for some support, will I just be automatically turned back to my department of choice or how, how does that relate? So I think it really work? depends on the nature of the information you're looking for. Okay, We feel <laughs> it is so important for students who are just coming into the college to have an immediate connection with their departments. Okay. If you're a business major, your business faculty are your area experts. They understand the field, they understand mm. the profession, they understand the job opportunities, and they understand their curriculum. Okay. So we really try to encourage that relationship and that connection right from the beginning. If a student is unclear about a policy, has a question about procedure, they're always welcome to come to our office to ask those questions. And we will never just, you know, kick somebody out the door. But we'll, we will do our best to try to make that connection for that student okay. and point them in the right direction so that they do get the help that they need. Okay. Okay. Great. And usually when do you um, kind of open up your doors? With, like when's the first time that a student can walk into okay. your office? So, of course, it's cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. We have these, these ups and down patterns of activity. Uh, and brand new students typically register after all of our currently enrolled students. Okay. So we have um, we have a spring and a fall term, and spring students can begin registering right around Thanksgiving. And uh, if you're coming in for the fall, it's right around, like right after Easter, at the end of mm-hmm. April, I would say. And all new students are communicated with via email by us 
to let them know where their department is located and who they should be contacting for advisement information. Okay. That happens as part of the admissions process. Excellent, excellent. Mm -hmm. You are listening to Nassau Community College Forum on the voice of Nassau Community College 90.3 WHPC. My name is Kevin Boston Hill, and our guest today is Professor Amanda Fox from the Office of Academic Advisement. So let me ask you this: after, during the registration, or after registration is is done, um, is it possible for a student to change their program? Absolutely. Program okay. meaning schedule, schedule or major? Schedule. Okay. Well, both actually. Okay. Schedule or major. Those are both really good questions. So, of course, our students come in and some of them really weren't involved in the the admissions process to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe mom filled out the application or the guidance counselor filled it out. And sometimes the choice that was checked in the box about which major they want once they get to us, turns out that that's not really what they're interested in. Right. So we have a lot of new students who are making changes to their program, and that's how we refer to it, before they even register for their courses. Mm. If they were to register and say, you know what, I thought I wanted to be, I'm going to use business again, although I'm not yeah. picking on them. It's just at the top of my <laughs> yeah, mind. Yeah, I was a business major. Right. Okay, careful. no offense. <laughs> and, you know, they say, you know what, I thought this was one thing, but really I may be interested in something else. There's always an opportunity to change your program. We do suggest that it happens earlier on in Mm. your time here rather than later because students need to remember that not all courses apply to all majors. Mm. So you want to make sure that you're trying to make that choice as soon as possible so that you can stay on the appropriate path for transfer and graduation. Got it. Got it. You know, and since we're we're talking about transfer and graduation, Mm -hmm. um, I guess how will or how does the Office of Advisement support me in that and as far as the 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 selection of a potential school and then the ultimate transfer of credits over this is a good question and i think sometimes students become a bit confused because you know advisement is a big umbrella so Mm -hmm. it could be a lot of things right so our area of expertise is really focusing on what a student's degree requirements are while at ncc got it we have a transfer office on campus uh, part of the student personnel services department they're located in nasa hall their area of expertise is developing relationships with local and not so local colleges, Mm -hmm. understanding the admissions requirements and helping students to facilitate that connection between Nassau Community College and their next step. Got it. So we work with transfer to refer students to them. And also we are very involved in having general information about the transfer process. One of the things that we do well and we do often is working with students to make sure that they're meeting what we call SUNY general education requirements. Got it. Every student who's transferring to a SUNY school must have general education's requirements satisfied prior to doing so. And so we make sure that we work with them so that they understand what those requirements are and make sure that they meet them before they leave us. Okay. Okay. Now, of course, that's transferring to a an a, like a four year school. Mm-hmm. Now, Correct. let's say you know I, I started here in my it's my first year, and my family moves to Texas. Okay, it happens. And so, obviously, I'm not commuting from no, Texas. No, no. Although to, we do have online courses, but no, I mean logically, you would you would re enroll somewhere right. else. Right. So, what, so is there a process, or that maybe those credits would then transfer with me to that junior college Absolutely. that I'm going to? Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, our our credits are designed for maximum transferability. We are, you know, widely respected, and I think students are in a very good position if they do need to leave and go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as they're meeting, you know, minimum grade requirements, they should not have an issue in transferring credits to other colleges. Okay, okay. And with, does um, the office also suggest uh, tutoring if it's necessary, or any other academic supports? Or yeah, in, so in we recommend? really the way I see our services is more of a we're we're a hub. 
Mm-hmm. So students come in for a variety of reasons, not really being sure as to whether or not we're the appropriate place to go. <laughs> right. But what we try to do is sort out what the issue is, what the student's having trouble with, and our responsibility is to be knowledgeable about our campus resources and to make sure that we are making appropriate referrals for that student based upon the issue that they're presenting with. So we have uh, liaison relationships with a lot of our on-campus services to reach out on behalf of a student and make sure that we're making those appropriate referrals. Okay. Okay. That, that sounds good. I think it sounds like students would be in extremely good hands. I if they think come so. Into, yes, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think good. so. So let me ask you, if um, you, you say we want to, you want to build the relationships between the advisors and the students when they come in, mm-hmm. is there an opportunity for students to, or let me put it this way. Do all, does all advising have to be done face-to-face? Can it be done via email or virtually as so well? So we, the primary preference, of course, would mm-hmm. be to sit down face-to-face with our students. We have online students who are not in the state. Right. They're elsewhere. And there is a mechanism and a procedure to okay. communicate via email with those students, a phone call. Um, you know, there are privacy issues that we need to be aware of and take seriously mm-hmm. and follow those policies. But we understand that times are changing Face-to-face is not always the way things happen, and we try to be as flexible as we can mm. in terms of providing students with information in whatever modality works best for them. Okay, okay. And if I'm not entirely sure, again, I'm this 18-year-old student, 17, 18-year-old oh. student who comes in and, yeah, like you said, mom filled out right. my application and everything for me. Mm-hmm. So how can I select the the, right, the major that okay. is right for me? I think this is something that is really important and, you know— Something that I'd love for the listeners, especially the parents and high school students who are hearing this, it is so important, although parental involvement is critical, right? We Mm -hmm. need to be able to support our students. And they've been there all along, and they're going to be there going forward. This is the time where students really need to have the opportunity to advocate for themselves, to have the conversation with the advisor. And so part of our job is to help students figure that out. Mm -hmm. We ask questions. They ask questions. Uh, They come prepared with ideas. We can take those ideas and make recommendations based upon things that we're aware of and things that we have knowledge of. But it's really important that that conversation be between the student and the advisor because that is how that student's going to grow. And we always joke, you know, it's sometimes it's not funny. It depends on who you're talking to. But Mm -hmm. but really, you know, it's, it's not mom or dad sitting in the class. Right. And the student needs to be comfortable with the choices that are being made about whether or not this is a, a subject or an area that would be right for them. And sometimes it's trial and error. Right. You know, you don't know you don't like something until you, until try, you try it. it. So, you know, that unfortunately is part of the deal, but I think it's understood. And, uh, you know, it's, it's part of that growing experience. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. You are listening to Nestle Community College Forum. I'm Kevin Boston Hill, and my guest today is Professor Amanda Fox from the Office of Academic Advisement. We'll be right back after this very important message on the voice of Nestle Community College, 90.3 WHPC. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. 
and I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. We now return to Nassau Community College Forum. Welcome back to Nassau Community College Forum on the voice of Nassau Community College 90.3 WHPC. My name is Kevin Boston Hill, and our guest today once again is Professor Amanda Fox from the Office of Academic Advisement. So, Professor Fox, let me ask you this, because we, we spoke a lot about um, how students can benefit from coming to the Office of Advise, Academic Advisement. Now, and we briefly touched on the, I guess, the, the registration mm -hmm. period and so forth. So, let's say for any given semester... Mm -hmm. uh, without giving any particular dates out. Uh, when can I register for the, the next class? Uh, how long is that period? And what is the actual role of academic advisement um, as, as opposed to registration? That is an excellent question. Thank you for asking that. Really, they are two totally separate functions. Mm. So advisement is ongoing. Advisement is all the time. And you don't need to wait for registration to begin for the next term mm. to come in and talk with an advisor. We encourage very much students to be prepared, to start thinking way ahead of time uh, before registration even you know gets announced, what dates are happening when, to start coming in and talking with us about what that next semester is going to look like. Because preparedness is 100% the name of the game. Yes. Uh, students who register earlier get the better selection of times and days. You know, this is this is how it goes. So although registration for spring typically doesn't happen until, let's say, the middle of November, that doesn't mean that a student could not come into our office right now to start talking about what those courses are going to look like mm. and what their interests are going to be. The registration piece is a totally separate function. Once registration opens, students use our online system to actually select whatever days and times for courses previously discussed work for them. Right. So whether or not they come in the evening or on the weekend or during the day, that's not something that our faculty have conversations with students about unless there's a specific question about, you know, is this course offered on the weekend? It's really more about their academic program, their progress, their interests, their goals, mm -hmm. and trying to line up our course offerings with that. Registration is much more of a, you know, student's home and whatever environment they're comfortable in, just, just creating those days and times that work. Okay, okay. And, you know, and what happens, heaven forbid, <laughs> I fail a class okay then what what it, what would be the my course my recourse at that point can I repeat a course and if I can how often can I repeat okay. it and, and how does that impact great questions excellent questions so yes um, you know heaven forbid it does happen you know again that process that we're talking about yeah. trial and error students withdraw students sometimes fail you know our new students although they're they're maybe commuting very close to home, it's, it's a totally different environment, and mm. sometimes you just don't absorb or understand the rules right away. So, you know, failing is something that we don't ever encourage, of course, but does happen. Yes, you can repeat a course. Uh, we always suggest the first thing that you do if you do fail is repeat a course, mm. uh, simply because the way that it works here at NCC is if you fail a course, it is the most recent attempt that counts for your grade point average. Oh. So if you fail and then the next semester you take that course again, your grade point average reflects the most recent attempt, which hopefully at that point would be an A. 
right? So repeating is the first course of action okay. that we would suggest. Uh, for credit level courses, there are no limits on how many times you can repeat. You know, we would have a, a conversation about, hey, you know, is this really the right course for mm-hmm. you or right direction for you? It seems that you're struggling. What's going on? What can we change? What can we do differently? Okay. So those are parts of, of the conversations that we have with students. It's really holistic. It's right. not just what class are you taking? Because if there's an issue in a course, a student struggling, why? Mm-hmm. What's the reason behind that? Is it the content? Is it the professor? Are you distracted? Is something happening in your life? Are you working too many hours? You know, are you having childcare issues? There's so many factors right. for our students that we really need to take into consideration. And that's what I was going to ask also if is if you actually get down to the why things that we, we see the what. You failed. Absolutely. And so now we need to get to, okay, what is the why that things are happening? And, and so that's where I guess the kind of the, the, the counseling piece, the advisor right. piece really comes into play. I mean, we, you know, we we have a counseling department on campus, mm-hmm. uh, Center for Educational and Retention Counseling for students who are really struggling academically. This is our, you know, our high risk population. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to, you know, be on probation or perhaps be right. dismissed. Um, but although we're not counselors, uh, you know, in title, mm-hmm. most of us, if not all of us, have counseling backgrounds. And so although, yes, we are academic advisors and our role really is to discuss academics, it's impossible to talk about that without looking at the whole student and the right. whole picture. And that is something that we really do in every conversation. Say, hey, what's going on? You know, talk to me about you. Right. Uh, what are the factors that contributed to this grade? No judgment. You know, just real talk and yeah. us trying to find a different path if that same one is not working. Gotcha. Now, let me back up for one quick second sure. because there was a piece in there that I, I wanted to get a lot of clarity on because okay. I think some students may say, really, this is going to happen? <laughs> and so if if I'm in, let's say, in the fall semester mm-hmm. and I happen to fail that class mm-hmm. and I retake the class again in the spring semester mm-hmm. and I get the A in that yes. class, that means that that failing grade doesn't appear anywhere on my transcript anymore. Incorrect. So, okay. that was, so thank you for the clarification. <laughs> so what I what I said was that in your grade point average, the most recent attempt is the grade that's reflected. So when that overall number is calculated, mm-hmm. it's looking at the most recent attempt for the course. Okay. The F will remain on the transcript, but it will have an indication that that grade is being excluded from the GPA. Got it. So we never erase anything that's part of your academic history, although, you know, students may, may like that that happens. <laughs> um, but so it appears, but it's not factored into that overall number. Got it. So it'll appear on my tra- overall transcript, but it won't be part of my 3.5 Correct. GPA. Exactly. Got it. Gotcha. Thank exactly. you. Thank sure. you for that. Mm-hmm. You are listening to Nestle Community College Forum on the voice of Nestle Community College 90.3 WHPC. My name is Kevin Boston Hill, and our guest today is Professor Amanda Fox from the Office of Academic Advisement. Uh, so now we, we've gone through the uh, the few months or in years that we're here at the school, and I'm mm-hmm. sure, and it varies for each student Absolutely. as far as the length of time that they're here. Mm-hmm. How do we now um, know that we're on track for graduation, and how do we apply for it? Excellent questions. Okay, so part of what we do is every semester assess progress toward graduation. That's the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. Graduate, right? So let's get that associate's degree and let's move on to whatever else is out there for you, whether it be transfer, you know, a career, work, technical school, whatever it might Mm -hmm. be for that student. So every time a student will come and visit us, we will take a look at what's called a degree evaluation. 
and we evaluate their progress toward graduation every time they come in for a visit. Mm -hmm. That document is also accessible by students as well in their student portal, so they can track their own progress. And once the student is ready or in their final semester, they are notified uh, via email by the Office of the Registrar that appears they meet graduation mm-hmm. requirements or they're working toward that. And about how many credits do they need for that to happen? It varies by degree, right. okay. but the average is 64 credits for the associates. Some are less, right. some are a little bit more. Okay. 64 credits, which can be done in, in four semesters. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is not, and that's okay. You know, that is that is an individual student choice and a preference based upon their life and their circumstances. Right. So we are checking degree progress every time they come to see us, and uh, we let them know when we advise them for their last semester that they need to apply for graduation. Mm. We don't necessarily know that they're done. They have to tell (laughs) us that they know that they're done. Right. Uh, And at that point, a student would have the opportunity to attend the commencement ceremony in May, which is a beautiful ceremony and we do an excellent job with, in my opinion. Uh, or, you know, just to have the diploma conferred to them, you know, whatever their personal preference is. But they do need to actually fill out a graduation application in mm. order to have that degree conferred to them. Okay. And so they do they have to do that in person? Can they do that online? Or online, they, in their okay. student portal. Under the registration section, there's something called My Records. Okay. And in that tab, there is the online application for graduation. Got it. Got it. And would they have to do a, a similar process if they were, say, if they were just transferring schools or how does, how is that process? Totally going? different. Okay. Um, transferring schools would mean that a student would apply to that next institution mm-hmm. and be asked to provide an academic transcript from Nassau Community College to that institution. Okay. So the location to find that transcript request is in the same place. It's under my records, but you need to provide the address as to where you would like that transcript sent. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I guess the other question that I, that I want to find out is as, as we're matriculating through and what, as part of the advisement for coursework, mm-hmm. it, would there be any advisement as far as clubs or any discussion on extracurriculars that students may want to get involved with or um, any internships that they may be able to come with, or Absolutely. is that just through their department? Absolutely. Um, I think it really depends on the nature and the direction of the conversation because, mm. you know, some of our students are very eager to get involved, to be out there, to be active, to be networking, to mm-hmm. be meeting people in the field that they're choosing to go into. And I know that our our student activities uh, program is strong and we make a lot of referrals to student activities, to, you know, clubs, to, you know, to different workshops, seminars that we have on campus, things that students really should be paying attention to. I know we also have a very strong service learning area uh, and an an internship program. So we do work closely in terms of being that liaison. Mm -hmm. And uh, because we're the hub and students (laughs) have questions, they don't know where to go. So they come to us. Right. We are, you know, always equipped to be able to make that appropriate referral. But if students express an interest and, you know, appear to be very eager and wanting to get out there and get involved, we can always point them in the right direction. Okay, great. And do you have, is there a way or a mechanism that you all maybe advertise your services out there. I know you said you want the students to come seek you out, uh-huh. but how do you let people know that, yeah, we're here, just come on by whenever you need to, That uh, when you have an so issue? So we, we do a number of things. Uh, we do a lot of email communication to mm-hmm. students. We have a, a, a text message system that we use to let students know about upcoming dates. So, you know, okay. hey, registration's starting, come on in and see an advisor or your faculty advisor. Uh, we do outreach sometimes in you know public spaces on campus where we'll have a couple of our staff available to just be there to answer questions. 
Uh, we do workshops, you know, on mm-hmm. occasion. So we we try to put ourselves out there and bring ourselves to the place where we know students are. Gotcha, gotcha. So let me ask you, if you had one final nugget of information to, to share with our audience, what would that be? Advisement is a critical component to success. It is one of the key aspects of, of retaining students and students persisting and graduating. Even if you think you know, and you might, <laughs> check with somebody. Mm. You know, do a check-in. Register for courses and just pop in to either your department or to our office if you're not affiliated with an academic department and let us just review your degree of progress. Let us take a look because what we don't want is the student believing that they made a correct choice. And then in the end, guess what? It wasn't. And now we have a little bit of a mess that we need to clean up. So it's really important and imperative, actually, that the student just have a brief conversation with somebody to make sure that they're on track. It's really, really, really critical. And I, and I would assume that the earlier, the better. Absolutely. The yes, earlier, early the bird gets the worm. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. Great. So we'd like to thank our guest today, Professor Amanda Fox from the Office of Academic Advisement. Thank you so much You're for so coming welcome. today. Thank we you really appreciated me. it. My name is Kevin Boston Hill, and thank you all for listening to Nassau Community College Forum right here on the voice of Nassau Community College 90.3 WHPC.